0: Ramos. You're married Les Ramos. Yes. Hey everyone. I'm here with Sydney Ramos, mm-hmm. formerly Sister Palmer.
1: Hermana her
0: her her Palmer. Hermana <laughs> Ir- Palmer, yes, thank you. <laughs> um and yeah, we were just chatting for a minute, trying to remember when we served around each other. And I don't think we figured it out, but we know that mm-hmm. we think we were somewhere near each other at some
1: point. <laughs> we came out together on the we, same transfer to Minnesota.
0: Yes, so we That's we, what we I remember for sure. So <laughs> would we have flown together then too? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Can you believe it's been however long? Because you would have went out. We both right. went out in twenty twelve.
1: Nine years. Yeah, that seems to me so really old. <laughs> and I was older than you, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, because that would have been before the age change, right?
1: Yeah, and I was actually, like, already 22 when I went, started my mission. So. Oh, the grandmother. Now, you can use to figure out. <laughs> I'm no longer in my 20s. <laughs> how how is
0: how is that? How was your 30th birthday? How was making that jump?
1: uh i don't know i don't feel any different <laughs> i still feel like i'm like 18 i mean hopefully more mature but like physically i feel like i'm like a teenager
0: <laughs> oh that's awesome
1: But that's um, a good place to be hopefully hopefully more mature uh emotionally mentally though
0: <laughs> yeah i so i'm i'm uh not in my 30s right because i'm a couple years younger and uh i feel like well i i kind of felt like last year i i i was kind of starting to feel feel not old like oh i'm so old but like feel like oh i'm like getting in a rut Mm. you know what i mean and like Mm -hmm. age like age was like playing a role in it and then it was like there was this moment of clarity where i was like i'm only 27. i'm not only not in my 30s I've got like a couple years, like I'm all right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I if I, I can change anything. I'm I can still be young and, and wild and free. And hopefully I'll feel that way forever. Right. But um, anyways, it was kind of like a, well, that was silly. So that's why, that's why I asked. Cause I've talked to some people who it was no big deal and some people who it was a very depressing milestone. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, I wasn't super excited to turn thirty because it feels old to me. But I don't think about it, you know, on a daily basis. Like, oh my gosh, I'm thirty. Yeah,
0: and (laughs) and to be fair, thirty is so. I feel
1: like it's the new twenty. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe because people millennials are like, I don't know, waiting to you know, like have kids and get married till the thirties, so it feels like. 20s i don't know
0: some of those like milestones that people normally hit in their 20s are predominantly being hit in the in their 30s right, in the
1: 30s now yep yeah, not yeah that makes that. sense
0: yeah and you have two kids
1: yeah yeah i have a three-year-old son he'll be four in june and then a nine-month-old little girl
0: Oh, that's awesome!
1: It's a handful, awesome. mostly the three-year-old. <laughs>
0: and and are you are you able to stay home? Are you uh, working? What are you up to?
1: Yeah, so I've been kind of I've done all of the above, <laughs> but um, well, I can I'll just I'll just tell you where I've been since. Yeah, give you some background <laughs> since the mission. Um, so yeah, so I got home in 2014, in April, so be whatever that is, seven years ago. Um, and then I I just, so when I left on my mission, I was, I had just finished my junior year at BYU Provo. Um, and then, so when I came back, I just had the two semesters left. So I came back and started fall and then graduated in in april of 2015
0: and you were you engineering or something like yes. that wow yeah I'm i
1: did 100.
0: stock your facebook oh, a little okay. bit okay. to prepare okay. Okay.
1: so <laughs> okay um yes so chemical engineering uh was what i did and then sure was that yeah. easy
0: was that easy get, uh, coming back after being away
1: oh no like i thought was actually something i was really nervous about um coming back because it is really intense, really intense program. And, and I think like, things would
0: build on each other too. Yes, like I need to remember this and
1: definitely build on each other. In fact, like we call it like the junior core, like a core, like three or four classes that you take um, junior year. And then, and then there's actually a, um, an exit exam that you have to pass during the first semester. Well, it starts the first semester of your senior year and it's all based on that junior core material pretty much. Um, and, so I was like, okay, it's been like two or three years since I've, you know, even thought about this stuff. And, um, so I was super stressed about that and they came home and like reviewed things and studied quite a bit. Um, then I passed it on the first time. So that oh, nice. was good. that was a relief. <laughs> But it was stressful um, coming home, Um, but it was all good. So I graduated in April of 2015. And then I had an offer for a job in Houston um, with ExxonMobil, small company maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I moved out there shortly after graduating and then um, worked there for like four and a half years. Oh, wow. Um, and I guess like actually backing up a little bit before before moving out to Houston, um, between graduation and moving to Houston, I was staying with my parents in New Mexico. So I'm from New Mexico. But um, and it was during that time that I went to the a, a, a singles branch there. And that's where I met my husband, my now husband.
0: Good for you, Sing- singles yeah. wards in small towns are hard, singles branches in <laughs> small towns, you you beat yeah. the odds.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of funny, I think, because I feel like the odds would have been that I would have met my husband at BYU, like lots of people do, but that didn't happen. I wasn't even dating anyone when I graduated and then uh, met him in that singles branch. And so in like the last two weeks of when I was home, <laughs> um, our first date was the night before i left to houston wow um but yeah so we kind of we kept up and like called and he came and visited me in houston and i had done like long distance relationships before and i was like i don't want to do this so if you want to date me you have to move to houston (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he did. So he quit his job and moved to Houston. Wow. We met in Maine. He moved there, I think, in like in August. Anyway, so yes, then married. And then while I was working at Exxon, I had my son um, like a couple years into working. And so I did actually have some time off, like maternity leave for several months. Um, so I was kind of stay at home then with him. And then I went back to work um, until he was two. And then my husband has been working on, uh, during, in Houston, he'd been going to school. And then after our son was born, he switched to online um, and actually transferred his credits from a community college there to um, to BYU, Idaho. So oh, cool. in 2000, so like a couple years, a year and a half ago, I guess, a couple years ago almost. Um, I quit and we moved to Rexburg. So now we're in Rexburg and oh. he's finishing up his, uh, his degree here. So he's doing mechanical engineering. Wow. So. <laughs> so he has about a year and a half left, but um,
0: the, STEM family. The, the STEM family, not just yes, the STEM, STEM family, the no engineer hope. family, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the E family.
1: Yes. But he is a different E than me. So <laughs> <laughs> we are our strengths are quite different. So, <laughs>
0: so are you wor- are you working out there in Rexburg?
1: Nope. I'm just completely um stay at home and not working. I don't think I don't know like how people do it. Like I couldn't I don't think I could handle like two kids and trying to work from home. <laughs> I don't know Absolutely. how moms are doing it during this like COVID, but
0: yeah, I think you, you give up on, on something, you yeah. know what I mean? You like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, and it's got to be, yeah. So I think the people who do do that have, have their own systems, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, a lot of my friends who are older, they do like nannies. That's how the two of them work and stuff like that. But as far as people are, yet, are younger in their careers, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe they're just more comfortable with chaos. Maybe that's what it is. And it's yeah. kind of just like get the kids busy with something and work and then come back and it's, it's something.
1: Yeah. That's not me. I am for sure a type A personality and I like my order and I think it would just stress me out too much to try yeah. to handle both of those. <laughs> yeah. Cause
0: but. you couldn't have that level of control in both arenas. Yeah, You've got to exactly. specialize.
1: Right. Yeah. So my, so when we were in Houston, my husband was staying home with our son um, and then would like do his classes after I got home from work. So um, and then, so he was Mr. Mom. So now we switch places. <laughs> but, it's,
0: but can I ask kind of a personal um, question just because okay. this is something me and my wife talk about a lot. Do you, um, have you missed it? Or have you felt, you know, like, miss like, working? is there a part of you that's like, I miss having something outside of the home, the fulfillment, the external, uh, the external praise and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, do you, do you miss it at all? Or is it Oh,
1: uh, definitely, yeah. I, I mean, like, I'm not saying I made the wrong decision, but I, no, no, I, no. I definitely do miss that. I mean, there's days when I'm just like, I've had it with these kids, like, <laughs>
0: My job yeah. was
1: so much, e- like my corporate job was so much easier, you know. Um, but yeah, I I miss it. I mean, it's nice to like get a paycheck every two weeks and like, and, and be, you know, like you said, uh, recognized at work um, and just having like the fulfillment outside of the home and I mean, I had a couple of different jobs when I was with Exxon, um, but the the second, my last job that I had right before I quit um, was was my definitely my favorite um, job, and like just was um, I felt like I was able to I was at a point in my job where I was able to contribute, and mm-hmm. you know, because at first for the first couple of years sure. you're kind of like you're a grunt figuring fan. out what's going on. <laughs> um, But, but yeah, those, that last year for sure, I felt like I was able to contribute and even like mentor and train some of the younger employees, engineers coming in and yeah. So, and you know, you receive appreciation, you have like adult conversations and now I'm like trying to have success with getting my son to go in the toilet, you know, so (laughs) completely different worlds and I do miss it sometimes but
0: (laughs) absolutely and I and I think you know I mean I I think that's that's okay I think it's just worth acknowledging you know what I mean and trying to find a way to still get because even though it kind of bugs me that like if I envision a world like where I was not like contributing Via income as just, and I think some of this is gender role too, but Mm -hmm. for me, like, I'm like, if I wasn't contributing a level of income, if I didn't have external praise and things like that, um, I would struggle. And that annoys me about myself, (laughs) you know what Uh I mean? But Uh my, my wife is also very type A And so I'm always, you know, we're always trying to navigate that of like, how can you, you know, still be, cause she's, she's, she stays at home primarily. And so, but it's like, how, how can you still have some of that external reward? Because it, it it helps, you know, I think it can, you know, you, you know, I think it can be hard to kind of feel bogged down. So that's, that's why I ask Cause I'm just curious and I'm sure, especially with you where, you know, it was, pretty big prestigious company you know there's there's some like there's some pride that can come with that mm-hmm. you know like where you're like yeah like I'm
1: somebody you know right. and I it can prove it. was definitely like part of my identity like yeah. being an engineer and I just I'm a mom and I pick up lots of messes all day <laughs> 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 but no I mean I've looked like I've thought about this a lot and just um i mean i i do i would like to have like another outlet and i mean i do have some outlets right now that i kind of do on my own but nothing that's like earning money but um it's yeah i don't know like i'd I'd like to have something like that again just kind of on the side but i haven't really quite figured out what that would be yet or if i'm even ready to deal with that extra stress at this point
0: absolutely um, absolutely so. and i and i think the you know me speaking for the whole world no one ought to have any judgments or thoughts or anything <laughs> about that like that is yeah. your journey and and i i didn't ask to to lead to any kind of feeling or opinion but was just was just curious on a human level because yeah. yeah. those are things i think all of us are trying to navigate and figure out and balance out, Mm
1: -hmm. you know? Right. It's hard.
0: (laughs) So, well, cool. Um, Let me ask some of the, the, the structured questions. I think we've got a couple. So the first one is the, like the something to read, something to listen to, something to play.
1: Um. All right. Something to read. So the latest, the last book that I read is probably not something super interesting, unless you're like it. Uh, it's about. It was like a nutrition book called Intuitive Eating, which if you're into that. My wife is it.
0: incredibly into that. She's read that book and like oh, five okay. others that are like that. So yeah, I, I know all about intuitive eating.
1: Thank God. <laughs> I was kind of like, I don't know. I've been kind of on this learning journey. I mean, I don't know. It all sounds familiar, but then it's not. I kind of felt like mind blowing for a little while. <laughs> I've always been super interested in like fitness and nutrition. So anyway. But I, um, someone recommended that book to me, and I read it, and that, it was good. If you're if you're interested in that, well, and for um, for the
0: listeners, what's unique about that book, and you'll be able to fill this in a lot more than than I can, Sydney, because I haven't read it. But but the angle basically is that restriction, you know, uh, the restrictions we impose on ourselves um, lead to a lot of health and and even weight issues and other things like that, but intuitive eating, the premise is your body will tell you what you need, you know? Mm -hmm. And so these fad diets of extreme restriction of food groups or calories or whatever else go in direct defiance to your body, telling you these are the kind of foods you need. And I'm not sure if this is in the book or if this is just something I, I extracted from that. From that, also, when you remove that restriction, your need to like eat um, emotionally or eat really unhealthy foods lessens because you're eating because of the scarcity of that food that you're placing on yourself.
1: Right. Yeah. So, f- exactly. fill,
0: fill that in. What else am no, I that's, missing? That's
1: exactly right. <clears throat> Sorry. I think my son is coming to tell me goodnight.
0: <laughs> okay. That's fine. Thanks.
1: Hey. Good night. Good night. Good night. Go to
0: leapfrog.com
1: slash my pal. Hi. Picked that with you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is cute.
1: Yeah. The little one was already in bed, but he goes to bed a little bit later. So. And his dad puts him to bed because that he's his favorite for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's Anyways. always
0: it's so crazy to see him so big because my son's a year and a half. And uh, even just like, because I I just, I put him down right before this, the same time as you put your daughter down, and uh, we were just playing and he was interacting and we were playing with the Lego blocks, the big blocks, and he could stack Mm -hmm. them. And I'm just like, who are you? Like, (laughs) you're like this useless little worm that would just wriggle around, (laughs) you know what I mean? and so to then see him that big and to go oh my gosh that's only a few years away it's just yeah they grow up
1: fast some days though with him i'm like i can't wait till you're five so i can
0: (laughs) (laughs) need a little more emotional reasoning please
1: (laughs) he's just he has so much energy and i think he got inherited his personality from his dad i was always much more calm No, And and so I'm having a hard time, like, (laughs) you know, figuring out how to parent him, but my daughter, I think, I think, even though she's only nine months old, I just have this, I feel like her temperament, you can already tell, like, her temperaments, very different than when he was a baby, and I feel like she's probably a lot more calm, so I'm thinking she might be more like me, so we'll see. Oh, that'll be fun. (laughs) um anyway so yeah i think you pretty much hit the nail on the head with the with the summary of the book but but yeah just the we well, yeah when you take the, the restriction away the the food that you were restricting doesn't is not so appealing anymore and usually the cravings go away um once you take that away but i did i so i've been trying to like implement you know these things and I definitely wouldn't say I'm perfect yet. True. I mean, I definitely like, I've been a pretty healthy eater for, for quite some time, but like, but sugar was like always my problem. Mm. <laughs> I have a sweet tooth. And I did feel like when I have been trying, as I've been trying to like implement these um, and just like getting like balanced meals and things that my sugar cravings have gone down mm-hmm. um, even though I'm not like eating tons of sugar. Like I'm just, you know, eating when I'm hungry and eating like in a balanced way. And sometimes I still want something sweet, but I don't feel like it's as ravenous as it was before. So
0: I don't know. Totally. Well, and I, I almost, I almost think that's a principle that extends into a lot of, things you know not, not that mm-hmm. we shouldn't have restrictions or say you know some things are healthier for us and more unhealthy but sometimes those hard lines I think can be really can can create a similar effect you know what you mean oh
1: yeah Moderation like, I don't, I don't think things, we need to
0: <laughs> right right and I don't think yeah. we need to get too too far into like like love chastity in LDS culture but I feel like that's you know that's something that once again it's very important to have those lines and distinctions i'm definitely not mm-hmm. argue, not arguing that we don't have those right but but sometimes the way it's taught and it's the severity of the level that it's taught and that it's almost like you know like sex belongs to satan not to god you know what i mean we mm-hmm. create almost such a strong thing and i think
1: yeah. that's why yeah. there's
0: so many crazy issues and so many well, secretive
1: also comes from the book right of like not labeling things as like bad or good mm-hmm. and and i think maybe that kind of goes into what you're saying it's like we've labeled it as as something bad and evil which it's not right but yeah i mean in the right context it is
0: exactly exactly yeah. but but i like that Any it's not stuff, evil, kind of
1: evil
0: <laughs> it's not evil let's make sure we don't confuse that it's well in and that even reminds me. We were having a discussion in elders' quorum, and someone was kind of saying, like, they were talking about like if you're obedient, you'll bad things won't happen to you. Basically, like it's that same pagan LDS belief, right? And uh, anyways, we were talking about that, and and when we dove into the scripture, it was more talking about evil. And then we were like, well, what's evil though? You know, like someone who's close to you dying that's not evil. (laughs) That's just part of life. You know, that's like the mortal agreement. Like you're, you're born and you die. Like that's not this evil that befalls you or, or hardship is not evil. It just is. It's just a thing, you know, Mm -hmm. it can be unfortunate. It can be tragic. It can be hard, but it's not evil. You know, Satan didn't do it and God isn't punishing you. You know,
1: just, Life happens. <laughs> but, um, well, that was a lot deeper on that question than I had originally to. So I'll just leave my book recommendation at that one. Great.
0: <laughs> and I, I know that I knew there were four questions and I forgot what the other one was, but I just remembered it, it was something to watch, TV shows, watch. movies, anything.
1: Okay, or to listen to, right? Either yeah,
0: one. watch, listen to, and play is okay. the three okay. remaining. Okay.
1: Um, To watch. So I don't watch a lot of movies, but I happen to have just watched a couple this past in this past week. So you caught me at a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Last, let's see, a few days ago, I finished watching like this little mini series on Netflix called the English game. Okay. If you've heard of that one, it's really good. Um, It's, it's actually written by Julian Fellowes who wrote Downton Abbey. Okay. You you not watched Downton Abbey. No? no, okay, that must not be your thing. I really love British It's period not dramas, yeah, it is not my so. genre,
0: but but I know that it's popular.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I love British period dramas, but not all of them are great, but this one was um, this one was really good. It's about um, soccer and kind of like it It takes place in the, the, the um, late 1800s to like 1870s, 1880s. And like kind of the beginnings of soccer in England. And like it was kind of um, at the time considered like a gentleman's game. And there was kind of this class struggle between these teams of gentlemen versus like working class people. Um, anyway, so it's it's about like, you'll see segments of them playing soccer, but it's like about way more than soccer. Like it's about like sure. class struggles and, um, you know, gets into the lives of different characters, but it's really good. Um, even if you don't like British period dramas, I think
0: it's still <laughs> the important. greatest. The greatest game is that what it's called?
1: The English game.
0: The English
1: game. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, that one's good. And then I also watched a couple of days ago uh, another period drama, <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> not British. <laughs> um, yes. The Zookeeper's Wife. I've never heard of that heard one. Of it. I it's a. Seen it's it. a. It's um a world war ii like holocaust i holocaust ish it's not like as um that, but it's, it, it's not centered around a jewish family it's centered around actually a polish family but Got it. it is world war ii uh take place during world war ii so that one was also good and not as that, there's somebody big in
0: there it. isn't there <sighs> maybe not Jessica Chastain,
1: yes, yeah, I think that's the woman that plays the main character, I think I don't know, I don't know, like I don't really keep track of lots of actors' names and actresses' names, but got it, <laughs> but that sounds that does sound familiar, so I think that's the main, the main well,
0: character. I don't think Google is lying, so I think I think it is Jessica Chastain,
1: okay, yes. Um, so that one was also good as well. Um, one other one, sorry. It just reminded me because we were talking about uh the Holocaust, but um and now I'm going to forget the name of it. Oh shoot. I'll have to hold on. Yeah, if, hold you yeah, to if you remember, if I remember it, yeah, if you remember it, I'll let you know. Um, let's see, something to listen to. Well, I already told you that I listened to lots of podcasts. <laughs> so, um, and not a lot of music anymore. I, just, I mean, I've always been into music and I've played several different instruments, but I don't know what happened ever since I moved mm. to or started working. I just, I had lots of driving hours, commuting, mm. and now I don't that but i like run or work out and stuff and i always just listen to a podcast instead of music so um i used to listen to all like true crime i was really into true mm. crime for a while um, but in the last year my podcast feed has slowly like lost the true crime podcasts and mostly are like news and politics
0: <laughs> oh really any uh, any ones you'd recommend
1: so for true crime, um, I there's one that's called Cold, and that one's really good. Have you heard of it? You're nodding your head like maybe. Uh, oh know?
0: yeah, no, my my wife's really into it. A lot of my coworkers are really into it. Oh, Okay,
1: um, so Cold is really good. It's actually, I think a K, it's a KSL production. So it's the first season is about a a missing um, woman from West Jordan. So it's Utah, familiar area. Um, that one was really good. And then um, this one, in, in the world of true crime, is probably the most listened to popular one is Serial. Uh, I'm sure if your wife's into true crime, she's probably heard of it or listened to it. That one is also excellently done. Um, and then for, like, let's see if I look at my podcast feed here (laughs) what news so I like um I mean I have subscribed to like Washington Post and different like New York Times uh podcasts um Vox like Today Explained Vox um is one I like um This American Life sometimes NPR. Uh, oh, okay. Have a couple, NPR has a couple ones that I like.
0: I like it. I um, really like NPR.
1: Yeah. I I listened to when I started working in Houston, Houston had an NPR station. Rexburg doesn't have an NPR station. <laughs> but I would listen to NPR like driving to work and coming home. So. Yeah.
0: Well, and fun Sometimes fact: I- Wyoming has an NPR station, so Rexburg <laughs> needs to get on it. If Wyoming has better news, than
1: well, I'm sure like <laughs> Boise has one. But, yeah, um, yeah. Those are kind of the main ones that I listen to a lot.
0: Uh, well, that's awesome. Okay. I would, and and does it. This is this is such a leading question. I want to ask this question different. I just I just want to know how how you do it. Like I have been interested in politics for a long time. And something about the last couple of years. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: to be fair, probably when I really think about it, it's like the last 18 months, right? (laughs) Yeah, I just just have (laughs) I just have lost all energy and steam. And I'm just like I'm almost like, I'm almost just like, whatever gives us a relative order. <laughs> you know. Like I, I just feel so exhausted. So I'm just, I'm just yeah. curious your, your approach just because, yeah, like I said, I went from being very interested, thinking about it a lot, listening to a lot of stuff to almost having an aversion just because I feel like there's, and it's not just two groups, it's a lot of groups and they're all mm-hmm. yelling really loud and mm-hmm. it's, it's just, become very tiring for me
1: yeah I don't I don't know if I would get an answer for that um and I've been like in and out of it as well in the last honestly like five years I feel like I when I started listening to NPR when I first started working I'd hear things and listen to it enjoyed it and then um maybe like a year down the road I was just like I just can't listen to this anymore. <laughs> and I didn't listen to. And then I started listening to podcasts. That's like when I started getting mm. not news related podcasts.
0: Right? You're like, I've um, listened to so much news about all the bad yeah. things in the world. Now I need to hear about people who <laughs> murder people. <laughs> no, that
1: sounds really morbid. I think the
0: this podcast I listened to. <laughs>
1: i don't know i don't know why i liked true crime it's just the mystery i don't know you
0: you don't need to explain it because it's a <laughs> phenomenon that is all over the place and yeah. and don't get me wrong there are men that are into it but predominantly it's women, women
1: yeah, for sure. are like it obsessed
0: is. with the genre some
1: of the podcasters be like well our subscribers are mostly women and most of the ads that you you know hear they're directed at women like yeah or like bras and things. <laughs> it's funny um But, yeah, as far as, like, the politics, I don't think I really started getting into, like, started listening to different um, news podcasts and stuff again until, like, probably around this time last year when, like, Mm. COVID hit. And then I was, I think my husband and I, well, and mostly me, but as soon as that COVID started happening, like, we were just kind of, like, glued to, like, the news for a Mm. bit. And then I, like subscribed to some a couple you know news podcasts and that's how it kind of all started um and just found them like more interesting to me in the moment than some of my true crime podcasts and so they just kind of slowly started like switching places I guess Mm. um but yeah and then for a time like that would lasted like a couple months and then for a time I was just like no more and like I don't want to watch the news anymore like I don't know is it hard it's i you think you have to take breaks sometimes i don't yeah. know but i do like i have you know certain um i guess things that i feel really strongly about in politics and so maybe that's what keeps me listening to some things um i would like to think of myself as like an advocate for some things in some areas but um but yeah, I don't like to be super vocal about it because I don't want to like cause lots of contention. <laughs> Nothing theme. like a silent
0: advocate. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, that's sounds weird. Like
1: if I ever like I, uh, and
0: I'm totally uh, teasing Sydney, like you do not to If someone if someone brings
1: you. it up with me, like I'll totally talk to you about it. But I'm but I'm rarely do I like just get on Facebook and be like boom, rant. <laughs> yeah every once in a while not very often maybe once a year but yeah um so anyway so that's probably but sometimes I have to I take breaks (laughs) totally but I also like to be informed like I don't I don't like being like have no idea what's going on
0: right well yeah and and news is so tough because it's like I want to be informed but I don't need to be bombarded with every terrible thing happening in the world. But I also don't want to just stick my head in the sand and pretend nothing bad is happening. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's yeah. it's a delicate balance. And I think that's why people take breaks, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyways.
1: I, I okay. don't know if I answered the third. Oh, something to play. Um my husband actually hates games so we don't play many games here at our house and we both hate video games i know from the past podcast that you're a video gamer so <laughs> sorry you're yum <you're> but <laughs> yeah, we can again. but um when i am home with my family my family does love games we like to play code names yeah um, i don't know if that's when you know and then um as far so for board games and then like card games my extended family on my mom's side is at family reunions which haven't happened for years and probably won't again but when i was younger we always it was a tradition we always played rook and that's
0: like
1: mm. i don't know if you've ever played rook before yeah. and if you have it's probably not the version that we played cuz i think my family has their own but um yeah so that's that was actually probably what probably is my favorite card game Hmm.
0: rook and code names code names makes me very angry (laughs) 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 that game makes, (laughs) makes me so furious especially when i'm the one giving the words And it's like, Mm -hmm. I have like poured over it and I'll write everything down in a paper and draw correlations and like be super thorough. And then I'll like be like, all right, this is the perfect word. And then people will just go off in the wildest of directions of like, well, maybe (laughs) because he said ears and we've got corn and hearing, but Mm -hmm. we also have, peers and ears sounds like peers and I'm just like shut up like
1: why are you doing this why did yeah. I ever think like that certain people uh have really think of like really abstract connections I have to like I think of the connections but I have to like moderate it and be like would they ever make those connections probably yeah. not so and I think some people make better. Like, I feel like my mom and I are pretty good partners in that game. Maybe we just kind of think similarly about words. But some other people in my family, like, I don't want to play with because then they get really angry when we <laughs> don't figure out their clue. <laughs>
0: oh, man. Well, I would, if I was in your family, I would be. One of those people. The angry I'm ones. a terrible person to play code names with. And they always want to play it. And I always say, okay, but I'm gonna hate it and you're gonna hate playing with me. Are you sure you don't want to play literally anything else? Yeah. No, code names is so fun. No, yeah. it is it is a it is a fun game. I'm just a bad person. <laughs>
1: yeah you know and last time we were home with my family actually my husband we got him to play every once in a while we get him to play a game and i he actually did well so so my husband's from mexico i didn't mention that hence the hispanic last name right um so english is his second language and but i feel like he actually did pretty well with that game i was proud of him (laughs) <laughs> and they're just
0: not fun to him. That's why he's just like,
1: ah,
0: like this doesn't do anything yeah, for him. I guess
1: he's just it's not fun to him. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes if it's like a game like that where it's like heavily like a word game or something, sure, that would be obviously going to be a little harder for yeah. him. Um, mm. but he actually is like really punny, mm. like he makes pun jokes in English and they're really cheesy, but like. <laughs> Um, I just think it's so funny because I don't ever think of puns in Spanish. But Right. You, I mean, that's a pretty, yeah. that's a
0: high level skill in it a second is.
1: language. Yeah. One time we were at a dinner and they served mint, like mint chocolate cake. And he said something like, this was meant to be yours. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah, that's really cheesy, but because English is your second language, like, that's cool.
0: I'm giving it the gold star. <laughs> I'm
1: giving it the gold star. <laughs> so oh, man. that's fun. So I think that's part of why he might have been like kind of kind of got the you know a little bit good at that game, because he can do puns. So he got made connections. But it. yeah. All right. I well let, let I me mean, finish th- the question.
0: <laughs> let me look at how we're doing on time. Um, I'd love to hop into the last question because it's my favorite, and skip the things you you miss and don't miss from the mission. Unless you would rather talk about that, it's totally up to you.
1: Um. Yeah, I don't. We can talk about the last question. That's fine.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So. And the last question is the really big open-ended one of what does life's meaning, spirituality, religion, your life's purpose, you know, what does that look like um, for you?
1: Yeah. Um, so, I, like I said, I have listened to these podcast, so I have thought about what my response would be you know, as I've listened to other people's responses. It's been interesting listening to other people. But um, I feel like for me right now, my so I'm definitely like I'm by all means like an active member of the church um, and I'm happy with that um, in my life. And I do feel like um, right now at least in the last several months my kind of spirituality spirituality excuse me has been kind of focused around trying to understand and like get to know the savior better like more personally so i skipped this when i said something to watch and this will tie in but the chosen is like
0: oh it's I think good? someone
1: else may have talked about this in one of the podcasts. I've, I've I heard it
0: of it a, a, a few times. Still haven't yeah. watched it, but, but oh, I've heard of it. You gotta go
1: watch it. It's so good. Like, even if you're not, like, even if you weren't Christian or like into that, you know, watching Christian movies, which normally, let's be honest, they're not usually very good. But um, <laughs> this one is like very well done and like entertaining, like, even just from aside from like a religious point of view. But um, weird,
0: weird question that will be hard for you to answer. So I need to flesh it out a little more. Yeah. How do they do Christ? So and for context of this question, do you remember that there was a short, like maybe it was a thirty minute video and it was in multiple languages. So we used it quite a bit for the Chinese investigators and it was like it was it was all about Christ. Like it was like the life and ministry of Christ or something like that. It was like a twenty or thirty minute video. Darn it. Maybe
1: did we have it in Spanish? (laughs)
0: I'm sure that, I mean, they had it in in Chinese, so I'm sure they they had it in Spanish. I don't remember that one. (sighs) Well, that's too bad. Anyways, I love how they did depicted Christ in that video. Mm -hmm. It was very um, personable, human, Mm -hmm. merciful. I despise the Bible video Christ that they've put out. I find him very aggressive, pompous, shrewd. Like he is, he looks, and by looks, I don't mean physically looks, but the way he behaves to me, it doesn't appear Christ-like, at least not the way I envision Christ. Like he's mm-hmm. very much like like almost this justice, upright, like those traits of Christ, right? Yeah. But I feel like he misses the most divine. So that's why I just ask with yeah. that context, how so how the chosen does
1: Christ the chosen definitely is on the personable, um, like human side of mm. him. I would I would for sure for sure say that I've never seen like a more I think human portrayal of Christ, mm. and I think that's why I loved it so much. Um, yeah. But like, and and I think part of why. Like the the Christ from like the Bibles um Bible videos is maybe comes off I think he comes off like less personable because some of that I think is in like the the Shakespearean like language, sure. right? Because they took it straight from the King James Bible. They don't use words straight from and I'm not saying like that's a bad thing to do, no. but I do feel like it was like personable more personable um in this portrayal because they kind of put it into like modern english but not in a way that like you know you read like a bible from like another church and they have like totally changed the words and it just feels wrong <laughs> like yeah. it's not not like that at all like it just feels so natural i think hmm. it's the best word um and like you see and 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 they don't, they'll like base some of the episodes on actual stories from the Bible, but then sometimes they'll just completely like have a situation where it's not from the, from the scriptures exactly, but it's very plausible that this could have happened. Hmm. Um, like they had an sp- episode where he had this interaction with several different kids, right? And it just his like, he was funny with them and like, and it was just like, yes, like I feel like this, t- even though we don't read about this in the Bible, like, I feel like this totally could have happened and this is, this is who he, I'm sure that he was like this, you know, because I, anyway, so the reason that I brought that up was I just, I saw, I saw that um, watch the chosen for the first time, like about nine months ago, wish it was around when my daughter was born. (laughs) Um, And I like, it sounds really cliche, but it was just like, because it was so personal in this portrayal like it just really inspired me and yeah. to like I'm like I feel like maybe you know there's I don't there's like this level of um knowing the savior that like I haven't reached which obviously right like none of us are perfect so we're not going to know him perfectly but I, it just really inspired me to like want to develop like a closer relationship with him and like understand like him as a person I guess more um and so I think you know it's not like a church production or anything but like anything that invites you to come to Christ and to know him more is like from God so um anyway so that's why I brought that up but it's kind of inspired this kind of I guess journey that I'm have been working on and has inspired some things in my scripture study. And, um, and I think like part of that journey has been like working as repentance, right? Right. (laughs) Like working on um, things because I think, you know, things that are in my like natural woman that, are not you know Christ like or whatever are going to keep me from from knowing Him right, um, knowing Him better, and so, so anyway, so those are kind of the things like I guess in my spiritual realm like been working on and just like it's so hard like as a mom, just it's I just didn't realize before being a wife and a mother like how easily angered and frustrated Mm. I get, you know, like I felt like I was a fairly calm person, but as I kind of hinted at earlier, like my three-year-old is like, I mean, can't wait till he's a teenager. Right. But like, I I feel like there's a big struggle like every day. And it's just, it's so easy to just lose my patience and, Mm. and be frustrated with him. And, or or frustrated with my husband, right, um, and and things like that. So right now, my um, I feel like my spiritual journey right now is just kind of working on that relationship with Christ and like kind of trying to refine some of those um, I guess attributes that I know need refining.
0: <laughs> sure. Me
1: right now, so. Um, I you know that's what I, I feel like my spirituality is focused on right now. Um, so I don't know if that answers. I feel like that answers the question kind of in a different way than some people have answered it. Oh, no, there's there's no podcasts,
0: there's no right but... or wrong way to answer <laughs> it. It's it's what's you know what's yeah. meaningful to you. What's giving your life, um,
1: purpose. Mm-hmm. And then as far as like my like purpose and meaning I, as we, we kind of talked about this earlier, but I do feel like a lot of that right now is like tied up in motherhood and wifehood. <laughs> um, so, cause really that's just kind of my 24 seven, like all of my inner, well, most of my energy is spent um, on those relationships right now and I do, I, I do think it would be healthy to have some other purpose in my life. Um, I haven't quite like figured out how or where that will be. I do luckily, um, so I mentioned, you know, my husband is doing engineering right now and he it's you know, generally engineering is like pretty intense. Also it's a second language for him. So he just doesn't have a lot of time And we, you know, I'm with the kids probably like 11 hours a day um, on the average school day or average semester. Um, And so it's, can be overwhelming, but I mean, luckily I do get time in the morning. I go to the gym and some mornings I go run and that's just kind of my time by myself. But outside of that, I don't feel like I have a whole lot of um, outlet other than um, I have luckily met some like friends here, um, yeah. at, that, I, that are also mothers with young children and that I actually love about Rexburg and did not have in Houston. Um, but I mean, with COVID, it's been a little tricky, um, especially like these last five or six months, we've been a lot more isolated, but we're starting to kind of go out again. <laughs> but anyway so um but yeah I, I feel like I'm rambling now and I'm trying to figure out mm-hmm. <laughs> how, no, great. how to like voice how this all ties in but just like my feeling like my my divine purpose probably feels right now like it's in motherhood and being like a good wife or better wife but I do feel like I also need to like branch out and I need to have like other purposes, if that makes sense, anyway. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's, you know, I mean, all all noble, noble goals right? Noble things to work on. And and uh, it's interesting hearing the connection right between trying to become more Christ-like while in turn getting to know him better, right? Those two running hands in hand, hand in hand, but also trying to gain more um, patience ultimately i'm going to simplify it to patience even Uh though it's a lot more than that you know for anyone who has kids they know it's it's more than just patience it's (laughs) it's kind of this custom thing of when do i push and when do i bend Mm -hmm. and when do i it's it's like a constant game of like am i enabling uh or am i parenting or am i constraining or am I disciplining Mm -hmm. like (laughs) where am I in the continuum because there's a whole lot of moral gray you know and so I love the connection of Christ go ahead
1: oh no when you were saying that like it reminded me of sometimes I think about this because I um so I trained right after I finished being trained Mm. and that was like I'm, I'm pretty sure I was like, not the best trainer. (laughs) Like I was very good in Spanish. I felt like I, you know, knew my purpose as a missionary and I was always like very obedient and like this, but, um, but my trainee and I just like, we struggled like, and not that we were like outright arguing all the time, but we just didn't kind of like mesh. And I feel Mm -hmm. like I was too hard on her. Mm -hmm. Um, and so sometimes, like, and I knew at the time I was, like, and especially when that transfer or that training period was over, I was, like, thinking, you know, that whole time, like, I know this must be, like, some lesson for when I have children. Mm. Like, I shouldn't be so hard on them. <laughs> and, like, to be more, some people I feel like are just, like, naturally loving and, um, char- you know, have charity and, are just really good in that way and maybe lack some like like you said maybe they're sometimes enablers i think my husband's more of that way he's just naturally <laughs> loving he is a nurturer and can be enabling sometimes mm-hmm. um not just with his children with his brothers and you know other family yeah. but i'm kind of the opposite where i'm like like loving is not necessarily my natural attribute. (laughs) At least, (laughs) you know, that comes off on the outside, but um, I'm not like a soft nurturer, we'll just say. So anyway, but it's been hard. Um, Sometimes I'll think back to those experiences on my mission uh, as a trainer and the lessons that I learned and try to like, anyway, I probably failed already with (laughs) my (laughs) kids. (laughs) <laughs> At least nice my son. Like,
0: <laughs> are you but, uh, are you a pretty yeah. harsh personal critic? Like, are you pretty oh, oh, yeah. hard on yourself?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, type A, like perfectionist, always have been that way. So, definitely.
0: <laughs> I have an assertion. Tell me if you think this is true, because I think I would venture that some of the strictness rigidity uh, other stuff that you're you know you might give to your kids actually is coming from a place of love because you know the enemy do you mm-hmm. know what i mean because mm-hmm. you kind of are your own enemy so you're you're preparing them for your enemy if that makes sense mm-hmm. so whether that's the right thing to do or not is is outside of the question but i guess my <laughs> assertion is just that it's coming from a good place where you kind of are going like these are my demons, right? And I'm coaching you to deal with the things that have plagued me. And where it gets hard mm-hmm. is some, some of the kids might not deal with it. Like, so for instance, I'm very sensitive to not squishing my, my son's creative spirit because he is massively aggressive, <laughs> not like punching. He doesn't punch, but his movement. Like he's mm-hmm. fun, aggressive. When you were talking about your son, I kept thinking oh, about yeah, that. yeah,
1: exactly like, the same. Mm-hmm. So I'll
0: tell I'll tell this story. I may have told this already on the podcast, but when he was, I don't know, maybe eight months old, eight months, nine months, yeah. Like he was a semi-confident crawler and climber, but but not super. You know, he still was really little. So we hadn't bought the baby gate yet. So we just had some chairs set up. And he wiggled his way through like three chairs and he's just in his diaper, right? My wife is cleaning the kitchen and a spider walks across the floor and he hits it. And then he gets up on his knees, just him in his diaper and he puts his head back and he goes, ah! He just yells because he's just a savage he's so much fun to be around and and there have been a few times especially now that he's getting he's getting bigger and he's a much more confident walker he'll play on the jungle gym and then he'll go out and he'll just go for it you know so i just follow Uh him along and i try to not be like ashamed of him if that makes sense like so people like he'll kind of get in people's personal space and i i don't I try and keep him at least a couple feet away. You know what I mean? But it's like, I'll let him just sit there for a second. He'll just stare at people. And I I won't look at the people because I don't want to be creepy. But I'll just sit there because I'm like, he's a kid. He's like looking. He's exploring. But anyways, I've noticed that the reason I do that, because it's a little... Like, most people have been really... Because he's a cute kid. And most people are just tickled that a kid is interested in them. But there have been a few people who are like, all right, so... You guys, like you guys going to leave like just like in a, at a park and he's just like sitting there like looking and I'm just standing there and they're like, OK, <laughs> like yeah. I don't want you by us. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> and so I'm like, that's so weird. Why do I do that? But I've recognized that I've I've had to overcome a lot of personal demons of of uh, kind of limits that I put on myself creatively in mm-hmm. experiencing life and stuff like that that have made me really miserable, you know? And so I have really needed to work to break those shackles off and keep working on it to, to be kind of the free hearted person that I am. Um, Because I'm, I'm, I'm a really weird split of being incredibly type A and incredibly like, like artistic free spirited, like I'm the weirdest Mm. combination of people. And so I, it's like such a give and take. And I'm always rewarded for being type, like really type A, like at work, on the mission, Mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. But I'm happy when I'm free. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So anyways, all this to say, that was a long story. All this to say, I think I'm coming from a place of trying to protect and prepare him to avoid the things that plague me. And mm-hmm. I would just venture my assertion is it's the same for you. It's not that you don't love, just like you said, like you even corrected that of like, well, it's not that I'm not loving, you know, it's just, I'm yeah, not like, like... I
1: love him, but right. yeah, I don't know. Um, I haven't exactly thought about it that way. Um, too much before I, I think, and, and it may become more apparent, like what you're saying as he gets older, uh, but I feel like right now, like, he is just, I'm having a hard time figuring out how to relate with him mm. um, because we are so different. And I, I mean, that sounds weird when it's like, well, of course you're different. He's three. and I'm 30. <laughs> But like, I can no, just I know tell, what you mean. like, he is very different. Like he has a very different personality and he's a boy, right? Like everything is like sound effects, truck, like, he just loves being with his dad like he'll just, they'll just hang out in his truck in the evenings and like you know I just haven't really found that like where we relate
0: mm-hmm.
1: um yeah to each other he and his dad really, really you know they have lots of like great bonding time um but I'm just like can you just like i the sound effects and like be quiet. <laughs> you know? Um, and he's just so loud and like, it's super hyper and um, a perfect. And maybe this is fits for your, for your little one as well. But uh, he, I have a niece and she's like a year older than him. And uh, about a year ago, they got together and well, we were together but our families are together. And uh, she's just like, kind of they were trying to play together for a while and she just kind of turned to her dad and was like he's rowdy (laughs) (laughs) you know and she's just like this gentle little (laughs) and it's just always been that way he's been crazy in the bath and his little sister is not and just wants to get out, <laughs> you know, but so I think right now we, I struggle with the let's, let's find like something we can bond over. Mm. Um, but yeah. I'm, as we get older, it may become more apparent, like the things that you're talking about.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. That's, that's so another unsolicited yeah. personal story for me, I guess. Because I think it's easy. It's easy with me, with my son, because I was like that. I was like that as a kid. I was like that as a teenager. You know, I didn't really calm down till I was like a late teenager. You know what I mean? Like I would, we would go on hiking trips and I would play radio. I would be the radio and people could change the channel and I would do whatever the next radio station was. Like, it's just, I was just a chatterbox. (laughs) I was super interested in stuff. I was like, you know. I love to play, you know. Right. So, um, but anyways, uh, it was, this is awfully personal. Let me think if I want to share this. (laughs) I'm comfortable sharing this because I think, yeah, I'm comfortable sharing this. But so my dad really struggled with me because he, he was a very strong hobbyist and I was a fiercely independent child. So I was interested in what I was interested in. And so he was like, oh, come do what I'm doing. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want to. And that was hard because my dad really likes to play too, but he he just does his hobbies, you know what I mean? He liked baseball and horses and I hated baseball and horses were fine, <laughs> but I would never care about him as much as he did, you know? And so anyways, it kind of sucked because for a for quite a few years, we just had to operate in our separate spheres because he he couldn't come into my world. And I was a kid. I didn't know how to come. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I did my due diligences, but I was like, I'm not going to like change what I like. I'm a kid, you know? And mm-hmm. so anyways, I don't know. I think being, and, and, and. And the, the, the happy ending of this, of course, is that when, you know, when I was a teenager, we reconciled and I, I gave and was willing to be interested in the things he was interested in, um, you know, and, and we, you know, we grew, we grew really close. And, uh, you know, and him and I had, had had a conversation a year or so ago, and, you know, I just said, I'm sorry, I probably was a really tough kid for you to parent, you know, he's like, yeah, but. I could have been interested in what you were interested in too you know what i mean and it Mm -hmm. was kind of a kind of a sweet moment you know but um i don't know i just think being a parent is tough you know and i think
1: it's incredibly difficult
0: (laughs) (laughs) and and i always i I always say i'm like i do not grade my parents at all i just trust that they did the best they could with Mm -hmm. what they had and I just pray my kids will have the same attitude towards me because mm-hmm. it's tough.
1: it is just tough, yeah, definitely, um, I think as a parent, I've become a lot more hopefully, I still struggle with being judgmental, but I think I've become a lot more non-judgmental <laughs> becoming a parent because um especially having a kid that's like, you know, so crazy, and yeah. you know, I—I'm sure I was that person, like before I got married, or even married, but before I had kids, and it was just like my kids will never be like that, <laughs> or like my kid will never run up to the podium in the middle of sacrament meeting, or you know, just yeah, <laughs> things like that. So it's just like then probably God was just like, yeah, let me give you one. it's, be like that. <laughs> <So> it's humbling. <laughs>
0: Um I think there's a but. quote, I'm gonna to totally butcher it, but it was like everyone who becomes a parent uh, thinks they're an expert and thank goodness, because if they didn't think they were an expert, they'd never have kids. Like it was like <laughs> something like that, like that's just the parent condition is you come in saying I can do it. Because
1: <laughs> 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 I don't feel like an expert now. <laughs> and just the amount of like <laughs> sleep you get is kind of ridiculous but <laughs>
0: well and i i think that plays a huge role on the fuse you know what i mean okay. on that your fuse sure. like your patience, and because it is that's like just such an additional anybody in any situation operating on low sleep is going to have more breaking yeah plans.
1: oh yeah <laughs> you
0: know what i mean
1: yeah. and i mean this is <clears throat> kind of slightly uh personal as well but after my son was born I I mean it's normal for for women like the hormones are all over the place it's normal for like the first six weeks or so to to have some postpartum depression or blues you know kind of sure um but you know I struggled with it quite a bit longer than that up until Mm. he was you know in the months old four or five six months um but I think a lot of it was I mean, also, as, like, a first-time mom, like, I didn't realize before I had a kid that, like, babies don't sleep. <laughs> and, or at least mine didn't. <laughs> um, and, like, I didn't know anything about sleep training or anything, and we didn't, we tried some different things with my son, but nothing ever really stuck. Maybe stuck. we weren't, maybe we weren't consistent enough, but Yeah, it was hard. And I feel like that, um, he didn't start sleeping through the night until he was like a year old and he was waking Mm. up every couple hours Mm. and you know, by a year old, we were just like, that's enough. Like you're going to cry it out. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, but that really, really like, you have all the hormones after pregnancy, after, you know, delivery and everything. And then just like, you're not getting any sleep and then it just continued like and that's in association with my son it just like continued on for months and months and like that certainly like if you're not getting sleep that's gonna make your depression way worse so i um really struggled with that and can i think that also increased my empathy as well like i mean i'd had i'd struggled with depression in the past too um but like it I don't know, just be really understanding, right, of people's yeah. situations, and that, like, you know, we, we don't understand necessarily like what they're going through, how much sleep they're getting at night. Um, you know, absolutely. Um, different things. So I figured out with the second one to start sleep training early. <laughs> but it's been a much more positive experience, but, but yeah, it's. Yeah, I think just motherhood in general and just some of those really difficult things that I, I don't know, went through um, postpartum and things like that were just, like, made me possibly a more Christ-like person. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not so so judgmental. Well, isn't
0: it, I mean, I think that's the beauty of just difficulty in life, you know? I'm not someone personally who believes that christ-like orchestrates our challenges but Mm -hmm. i do believe that christ his role is he can flip anything for our gain Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah and that's that's like the beautiful that's like the beautiful thing that you know not that you should seek out suffering but if you suffer if you face difficulties hardship Um, it can be turned into a positive through Christ, you know, just like you said, I've become more Christ-like, I've become more empathetic, I've become, you know, that's, it's, it's a blessing and it's, it's incredible Christ's power to do that, right? Make weak Mm -hmm. things strong, you know?
1: Yeah. Yes. It's hard in the moment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It's hard when you're running on an hour of sleep. (laughs) And just because it's made for our gain doesn't mean it's, it's all fun on the road there either, you know, Right. but it at least, it at least makes you feel like it was, it was for something.
1: You Mm -hmm. know what I mean?
0: At least something came out of it. Right. Right. Well, it's been awesome chatting with you. Any Anything in closing you wanna tell the, the studio audience or anything at all you wanna talk about or say?
1: Um, not really, just the only thing that popped into my head was this is just a point of like celebrate, celebratory news <laughs> that we had. So for the past, like ever since we've gotten married, so we've been married for about five years, a little over five years and we've been working on my husband's um like immigration stuff right yeah citizenship or well so that's like kind of the last step and he so two weeks ago two weeks ago yesterday we had to go to boise drag the kids along with us (laughs) he finally had his um naturalization interview and passed so that was like super exciting So he he still has to go back at some point, probably next month for um, the oath ceremony. He'll take um, before he's actually like a citizen. But
0: wow, it's been
1: a long, long process and lots of (laughs) paperwork, lots of money, attorneys, like (laughs) process. So we're almost to the last step.
0: (laughs) No, no one who has not been a part of that process will ever understand what a huge accomplishment that is it is a headache i so my my sister-in-law is from canada her she's been married to my brother for at least 15 years and they're they're just now closing in on the citizenship Mm. you know i mean it is it is a rigorous and challenging process and i just note from the out- outside you you've been in the thick of it you know so mm-hmm. huge congrats that is such yeah. an accomplishment what so <laughs> a freaking headache buying a house doing your taxes mm-hmm. any other paperwork garbage you have to do one day will be a cakewalk <laughs> after what you've been through
1: yeah mm-hmm. We did the last two kind of applications that he had to do um, by ourselves without an attorney. So that wow. was, and when I say we, I mean, I do the paperwork and he signs. <laughs>
0: <me>. <laughs> all the credit, all the credit that you need, Sydney, I'm sending Guy you away.
1: It's just, uh, that's my strength, <laughs> detail oriented. He is not <laughs>
0: Perfect. So now we all know who to call to help with getting citizenship. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wouldn't wish that on you.
1: <laughs> not, uh, you know, qualified. I'm not an attorney, but I can tell you about our experience. <laughs> so, yeah, just well, thank- oh, go ahead. Little celebratory note there at the end. So. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you so much. I'm going to stop the recording. If you don't mind, just staying on for a second. And goodbye to the studio audience.
1: Goodbye.